Let's chow down and munch on some grindage. And if that's not awkward, keep listening to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. But it is awkward. Retro is the rest Rewind of this episode awkward? Mission identified. Solid law. 1993. Co-hosts online. Auditory analysis online. All I'm online too, Alice. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we rewind back to movies and video games from 15 or more years ago so that we can let you know whether they're still worth revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 87. There you can leave us a comment in the episode. You can find links to s- subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can also review us on those. And you can also find links to... Su- to support us on Patreon and PayPal. Speaking of which, for this episode, our reflux capacitor was given a 90s makeover, of all things, provided by <laughs> our patrons, Brian Keating, Two Dudes in a Nest, Deborah Powers, Jared Holsauer, Chris Cowan, and our secret patrons as well. Thank you all, all right. so much for your support and continuing to help us get closer and closer to our media hosting and web hosting goal. Uh, also, in addition, for this episode and the previous one, we were given a full resupply of fuel, plutonium, and cheesy fries thanks to Sailor Lynch, Whoa. who sponsored uh, the episodes via PayPal. Nice. Very nice indeed. My name is Francisca Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and don't do down-home duties dangerously. Yeah. And I predicted that Son-in-Law would be a nostalgic movie. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, sometimes farmhand, Paul, the master interrupter powers. Hey, Paul. I don't remember the last time I was on a farm. Oh, wait, Farmville. That was... <laughs> Have you ever gone was, <laughs> to a, like a country or a fair or a fairgrounds? That's kind of farmish. Yeah, but it wasn't far, uh, certain sections, but yeah. All right. Well... I think the Ren Fair is more farmish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have no segue for that, so I'm just going to go here. To real question, Paul. While uh, Rebecca is speaking to the empl- to the employee in the tattoo parlor, the location of the teardrop tattoos on the employee's face changes from side to side between the different cuts of the oh the, you mean different flea? Edits. Yeah, oh, I'm about to get there. Yes, but flea. Oh, sorry. Uh, Paul, has a movie yes. ever brought tears to your eyes? Oh, yeah. Okay, what movie? E.T. Wow. Because it's that good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why are you trying to just qu- not quench, but uh, night e. my is ire. A classic, no matter what you think. But, and it's it's so good. I mean, when he leaves, and, and you know, oh, it's so sad, especially if you're five. Well, yes, but are you five anymore, Paul? No. That's why it's more nostalgic. Anyway, if I you want to write at that in a while, if you want to hear our thoughts on ET, go back to who knows what episode. Like, it go matters. back to 1982. <laughs> no, episode 69, retro rewind podcast.com slash 69. But back to son of should have done Bill and Ted then. And the trivial questions of those. Uh, next, we'd like to introduce our guest. Oh, host. thank you for asking, Francisco. I predicted this movie would actually be a classic. Yeah, no problem, Paul. It's just, yeah. I, you know, I like to ask you just like you like to ask me about my new tube. Anyway, oh, there our, we go. <laughs> our guest host, 
I'd like to welcome back to the show regular guest oh, host and Josh. I wouldn't. What's that supposed to mean? Josh Powers. Hi, Josh. Hi, Francisco. I also welcome you to the show, Josh. <laughs> Hi, Paul, and thank you. <laughs> and so do the listeners. Well, some of them. Hi, some of you listeners. <laughs> uh, Josh, my trivial question for you is the tat, like Paul had mentioned, the tattoo artist in the in Son in Law is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the band, for those who may not be aware of that band. Uh, Josh, who is your favorite musical performer that you like to see in movies? <laughs> Flea! <laughs> I'm actually. It's not Flea, though. Red Hot Chili Peppers might be my favorite band. I was actually okay. just uh, listening to them earlier. Yeah, um, Dabba Dabba Do now. Yes. That's Weird Al's. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, my favorite musician to be who became an actor. Um, the first ones I think of are like Weird Jim Al, Fox, and Will Smith for some reason. And Eminem's. Uh, all Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, also a rapper. <laughs> uh, Eminem did an amazing job in Eight Mile. Um, so there, I don't know if it's I have because he played himself. Uh, I mean, I could I could make an argument for somebody like uh, you know Bing Bing Crosby or Danny Kaye, you know somebody. Oh, good point. Or uh, they were known as singers, but they also made really good movies. Which was also required back then to sing and act. Exactly. So um, you know Fred Astaire and you know Gene Kelly. I mean, they're all known more for their music and their singing. They just happen to make really good movies, too. Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple? <laughs> wow, guys. I love you're, that drink. You're uh, hitting this out of the park. Uh, let's move on, though. Wait, what about his prediction? I don't want to hear anyone's predictions but my own, apparently. This time. Whoa. <laughs> no, Josh, uh, what is your prediction? You got something in your curl? My, oh, nice. Uh, my prediction was actually, uh, I said I predicted this to be a classic because so. I had such uh, fond memories, like even re-watching it from, you know, when I was younger. I, I watched it a lot. I was like, this is way better than it deserves to be. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if whose predictions hold up. Uh, but Paul, will you please enter the course for this episode? All right, Alice. Let's have a roundtable discussion on the movie Son-in-Law. Then see what we've been up to lately on our new tubes, and stick around for some feedback. An announcement. Alert! Alert! Target and keep going and stall. No, Spoilers. don't. No, stop. Incoming. Wait, wait. Just wait. Engaging retro okay. rewind reactor. Whoa, there we go. From Hollywood Pictures, it was a quiet, peaceful town where nothing ever changed. Middle America. Until a stranger from the city arrived. You distract him, I'm gonna hit him over the head with a shovel. But once they got to know him, Can I call you dad? Their lives would never be the same. It's a miracle! Son-in-law. Go with it, man, just do it. Oh yeah, 747. Ah! Rated PG-13. Sneak preview Sunday, June 20th. Check newspaper for showtime. Uh, yeah, so uh, 7.47 it right off that. Uh, but, you know, I remember when I've flown in planes, and you guys probably do too, but uh, let's talk about our memories of, uh, not our memories, but here's our memory mind meld of, <laughs> this is crash. That's a good segue. As good as any. Crash landing. <laughs> Crashing and burning. 
I can't talk for son-in-law. Oh, that's not good on a podcast. No, not at all. A uh, lawyer from my cousin Vinny is a farmer with a daughter who wants to go to college. She was the mom from the earthquake movie San Andreas. At college, the daughter hatches a plan to keep from getting married to her farm sweetheart by having Polly Shore be her new boyfriend. This country girl takes Polly Shore to her home to meet her family during a holiday break in college. Stoney <laughs> learns life on the farm with girl's family, including the dad who is Perry White and Lois and Clark, and her brother who yelled, you're killing me, Smalls, in the sandlot. Her boyfriend, she's not her boyfriend, she's not sure about proposes to her, and Polly Shore says we're they're already engaged. The boyfriend roofies Polly Shore and Kelly Kapowski with the help of the big fat farmer helper guy. <laughs> the farmer guy and the boyfriend are found out. Kelly Kapowski helps the farmer girl freshman see that Polly really loves her. Uh, Polly Shore and the country girl figure they'd move through their relationship slowly as needed, and the daughter's family learns to love Polly Shore. Uh, I mean, some of that was pretty good, but some of it was inceptive. That's pretty right on. No? Um, well, like, the t- it's like um, her, she, they weren't really, it wasn't to be her boyfriend, it was more to be her fiancé. Um, oh, stop it. Her Same name thing. wasn't Stoney, or his name wasn't Stoney. Oh, stop. You know that. Kelly Kapowski, that's from Saved by the Bell. Come on, guys. Uh, yeah, Cousin Vinny. What movie is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that some of that was, a lot of that was technically right, but uh, Paul, would you please give us the technical details about the production of Son-in-Law? All righty then. Son-in-law is rated PG-13 and runs an hour and 35 minutes. It was released on July 2nd, 1993 in the US of A, so it's a 4th of July movie. It was directed by Steve Rash. And Even though by... they go, they do Thanksgiving in the movie? Yes, that <laughs> way it so could be out on video just in time for the holidays. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> this movie stars Pauly Shore, Carla... Gugino, <laughs> Lane <Wow>. Smith, <laughs> and uh, some other people that we've mentioned, and other people that we will never mention. Help. <laughs> <laughs> the budget of this film was about $20 million, and it went on to gross over $36 million in the US of A alone. Really? Yeah. Not anticipating That's that. Why they kept making Pauly Shore oh, movies. Okay. Yeah, this was the reason. All right. <laughs> well, very good. Thank you, Paul. Uh, now let's talk about the things we really liked about, you know, what, what made uh, this a, a financial success for touch, uh, Touchstone? No. Hollywood Pictures. Hollywood Pictures, thank you. Uh, let's talk about the things we liked about Son-in-Law. And let's begin with our guest, Josh. Uh, uh, I think all the actors do an amazing job. A really, I should say, a solid job uh, considering... What they're in. I mean, they're all very talented. Um, Considering the script, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's not a it's not a bad script, uh, but it's just like the material is just like they don't have to act as good. They, they could get away with acting less, but they, everyone seems to be you know in it, you know, like like committed to it. So it was really nice to see everyone doing a good job, and um, and specifically Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who I did not remember her being in this movie because I didn't watch Saved by the Bell that much. What? But I just, I, 
I mean, I was watching. Oh, look, Saturday morning cartoons, and then Saved it's by the Bell came all out. Right. It's just like cartoons are over. So, anyway, uh, so I was like, oh yeah, she's in it. I forgot she played the girlfriend or the 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 tramp. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and like at, at the end, she's like has this really emotional scene. Like, yeah. I've like wow, she doesn't have to act this much in it, but she does. And and I think everybody was just kind of like, you don't have to act this well, but I think everybody just kind of brings it. Nice. You know what? That's a good point. I didn't really think about that in that way, but I think you're absolutely right that the acting overall was was. Well good for what it was. Yeah, yeah, well done for what it was. Yes, it was par. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I love par for that kind of movie. Having and since oh, we mentioned oh, that's Flea, a good way of, yes. Since I, I mentioned Flea, uh, or we mentioned Flea earlier, I I think this might be his worst role. <laughs> yeah, so I was disappointed. I have Flea as as one of the things that I liked. I said uh, a Flea cameo with the exclamation mark, which I liked. But I was hoping for a little bit more from him. Yeah, he's yeah. done. But he's not known for you know being a good actor. But he's if you're doing a role like you, the ten minutes of movie screen time he's done in his life, <laughs> this would rank near the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely enjoyed him as Needles from Back yeah. to the Futures. But uh, you know, for the most part, everyone brought their game. Yes, B plus maybe. Poor Flea called it in. The jinx yeah. will never find out. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, cameos, though, I really liked uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, yes. Latino man yes. uh, cameo. That was that was really cool. I and if you want to listen to our take on Encino Man, Encino Man, go back to retrorewindpodcast.com slash sixty seven. Uh, were there any other uh, notable performances or cameos that you guys liked? Sure. Um, I like the grandpa character. He's yeah, a I mean all character. the characters really. Just uh, you know, I, the casting of the boyfriend, um, I thought was like he's kind of a poor James Marsden, <laughs> but he there's something like that you kind of don't like about him. He just kind of has that face. You're like, oh, it's like kind of the jock that you kind of respect, but don't wouldn't be friends with. Kind of like. And that's exactly the role that he's playing. And I thought yeah. that, that's a good casting job. Like you don't cast James Marsden like a likable guy. You, you cast an attractive guy who isn't so like egotistical, but he, there's there's a side of him that you don't hate him entirely. Stifler. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that was good casting. I'm sorry. I'm I'm kind of lame, but James Marsden is Cyclops from the X-Men movies, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay, thank you. And who's does the voice of Max in the Goofy movie? Oh, that's um, that's another the, Marsden. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now I'm put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> of all people, I know. Of all I times. know. So you can find out in the Retro Rewind podcast episode where we review that. Which number <laughs> is that, Francisco? <laughs> sixty-eight. We've mentioned like sixty-seven, sixty-eight, and sixty-nine all in the first like few minutes of this episode that's funny hey you know what else who was also in that that uh movie paulie shore Pauly anyway shore, moving that's on true. moving on uh paul what's something you liked about son-in-law i liked that they had the credits while the movie was going yeah yes. that's always nice though I, right. I feel like the more 90s movies we do the more we, we it seems to be that catching up yeah that seems to be more the case yeah jason martin jason that's it are they related maybe Okay. Sorry, I don't know. 
Uh, cool. Uh, but Josh, go. Let's go back to you. What's something else you liked? Oh, did, are we not doing you? Or are you not? I no, he's done. Cameo. He's had his classic <laughs> movie. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's done. Uh, I think the writing of the movie was surprisingly well done. As far again for what it was, it's a very big, broad comedy. They have like these big, broad comedy moments, but I enjoy them. And like when they're when they're forced, that's when I just lose all interest in the movie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just get over the scene. It's it's supposed to be this big humorous moment. But uh, I, I, I believed the moments as they came about realistically, um, or maybe I just liked the characters enough that I bought into it. Or maybe I was just really young when I saw that, and I liked it, and I did, just didn't know better then. But, you know, the plot unfolds very naturally, and uh, all the plot points just, you know, make it a fun enough ride for me. What did you think about that, Paul? Did you feel like overall the plot unfolds well or the pacing's off was the pacing off I, the pacing is fine but i don't think it was written well and i'll get much into the details later about why i disagree with that but i'm gonna have to uh as a whole disagree with my brother on this <laughs> no worries uh speak well and one like tangent on that too uh I, like this is part of the script i guess but you know you have the genre is you know you have the the city boy and the country girl and the mm-hmm. you know bay winter romance whatever um but the movie does something really subtle they they make both lifestyles the butt of the jokes of the other people so yes. like the country people are like but uh and you know complete with stereotypes but then they're shown the uh, that kind of dispelling the, the stereotypes of both, and I think that's that's very good screenwriting. That part is good. Yes. Yeah, and and actually something else that I thought was good screenwriting wise was just some of the well, one of the uh, not really quotes, but I enjoyed how uh, the dad Lane Smith's character kept calling Crawl Crotch and did that <laughs> not like every single time. But did often enough that was funny. So I, I, uh, I like crap. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? So you disagreed about the Ryan Paul, but what's something you did like? But one thing I did like is what um, is that the I like the way that they both introduced each other to their own town and to their own world and like took them out and showed him the sights and got him the clothes of that and it's it's like my brother was saying they did a good job of like the city boy in the in the country world and this the country girl in the city world and showing both those aspects of that though i feel like um Polly shore's outfit was way less country <laughs> yes but that was his he wasn't going to go all the way like she did yeah he said he that. was combining the two and he yeah, still well yeah. he has he has he much still more growth yeah. than <laughs> Uh, and there, there's actually a lot of movies that I think in this genre don't really do exactly that. I'm tr- I was trying to think of some other examples of kind of the same plot. Uh, there's a, a small independent movie called Junebug where it's, it has a, uh, um, a country boy. Like he's already married to a city girl and, and lives in the city. And the movie begins with him taking her to his parents' you know, to, to meet his family and all that kind of stuff. But you never really see the city life. It's more of just kind of fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is very even-handed. So I like that. Green Acres is the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 
I would have to agree with that. I, I think pretty much what you guys were saying that it's balanced seeing both of them in one another's uh, cultures. Um, something I'm curious though about guys, some, and we sort of had our character conversation already, but uh, Theo, I thought was a fun character. Uh, he was the <laughs> portly farmhand guy. And I was actually a little sad that he was fired. I'm curious if either of you felt that way or you were glad he was fired. I was sad to learn that he would uh, be Trey. no to 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 go along with the the boyfriend Travis. The, yeah, and to carry it out as long as he did, instead of saying at, at he could have redeemed himself in the morning instead mm. of you know when when things were yelling. Um, he, he, he said, oh, go check out in the barn. And then when they came in yelling, it was like he could have stepped in and said, all right. I, that's I, a good point. I, I, then I think he could have redeemed himself. But when he was fired, I was like, yes, get rid of him. He can't be trusted. Well, yeah, he uh, like like I remembered like him and the boyfriend just being like, like just totally well, just totally dead set against you know Polly Shore and all. Mm -hmm. But really, it wasn't until like that night that the the boyfriend brings it up to Theo, and like he, like Theo is basically the last person to to be part of that plan kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like he was Theo was basically just tagged along at the very end. I mean, he was instrumental, but he had the least maliciousness in Disagree. him. Disagree. Well, least, but he was still... When he, when he, he, was over, he never really liked Pauly Shore. Because right, that's true. And, and so that's what I remember. I was just kind of funny. I remember him being more evil, but really he was just like, he didn't like them, and he was just kind of pushed over the edge there, and yeah. then he was in over, in over his head, and he was like, okay, we're done, kind of thing. Yeah. But he never said anything. I mean, so. as... As antagonists go, I felt like he is a fairly likable antagonist and pretty yes. light on the antagony. I, 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 felt he, <laughs> I felt he, he was I, – I, I didn't like him that. I mean, I, did, I felt more indifferent than I guess he did, Francisco. Oh, that's fine. Uh, just because I felt like he, 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 he served more as a, uh, as a foil or a plot point kind of just to – just like that – if you took him out of the equation – you could have the the father teaching him the whole thing, mm. but you kind of need him there for that plot point element. So he did, sure. I didn't feel like he was developed enough that I had that much vested in him. Okay, yeah, I I don't know why he sort of I, I liked him as much as I did this time. <laughs> I don't rem I I think similar to you, uh, Josh. I remember him being a lot more menacing. Uh, mm. when I watched this as a kid or <clears throat> whenever I watched this in my youth. That's funny because I remember him being a lot more playful because oh, I remember wow. him playing the practical jokes, yeah, but yeah. I never took it as like, I hate this guy, I'm going to get him. Uh, he lit in the cornfield, he literally says, I hate that guy. <laughs> I know, that's why I, I, was, I didn't remember him being that menacing. All right, uh, well, Paul, what do you remember and turned out you liked about the movie on this rewatch? Um, that's a hard segue. Uh, <laughs> let's talk I, about I more cameos. Okay. The original Game Boy. Oh, that was cool to yes. see. <laughs> any, oh. I'm, I'm curious if any of you got either of you uh, like fact checked. Was the Bass game he was playing an actual Game Boy game? Oh, I didn't think he gave I, a title, but oh, you I know. I just assumed Tetris was in the back. I did see a little bit of purple there, so. <laughs> oh well, he did say he was doing a playing a bass game at least. 
yeah, I don't a fishing know if, game. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't give an actual title. I thought so. that was a little interesting. Maybe it was. I don't know. I thought that was a little interesting. Um, and this is a tangent. This is a Francisco mini story tangent. Oh, here we go. So I don't care for sports games because when it comes to sports, I almost rather go play it with a group of friends than play a game of sports. I, I prefer okay. my games to be more like uh, fantastical or action or things that I wouldn't be able to necessarily go do in real life. Except? Um, uh, except Marvel vs. Capcom 2? No, fishing. Well, no, no, fishing. So this is what I'm saying. Included in this, I'm like, why are you playing a game of fishing when you could actually go fish? As well, I like think, weird I think you're kind of at least for us. I know me and Paul, we never we had plenty of you know Nintendo games and stuff growing up, but we never had any sports games. I, I did have tennis though, but that's kind of different. That's like but, ping, that's like pinball. You can't go play <laughs> tennis. <laughs> but Francisco, you're the same guy in college who had a fishing game with the. the <laughs> That wasn't the fishing game. That was Seaman, who yeah, it was, was a fish with a human face on Whoa, it. Whoa, you had Seaman on Dream, I did, Dream, Dreamcast on the Dreamcast, and I talked oh. to him. And he grew into a frog with a human face on it. It was creepy. The most surreal game on the Dreamcast. <laughs> Talk about a tangent, though. <laughs> anyway, back to son-in-law, uh, Josh. What's something else you liked about this movie? Uh, Holy shit! I like. <laughs> I like the Superman DC Heroes poster. Yes, I have which, that. Which Paul had like all four years of high school. He had in his hung up in his room, and and I had it in college. Of, oh, you okay? And it was like, I I know that poster. It's like having like a, a friend be an extra in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't put this down, but that totally reminds me. Seeing Cal State Northridge, like the Oviat Library, the science. That buildings. was my next cameo. Uh, was okay. Cal State Northridge, <laughs> CSUN, yeah. where it was filmed at the college areas where yeah. we went our our alma mater. Yes, our alma mater for college. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, the the origin story for this podcast, you might say, in a way. <laughs> Um, in because, an indirect way, yes, because yes, that's where me and Paul met. Uh, but yeah, I, I always like seeing um, Calcine Rutherford and and, they, and a lot of movies show at least a little bit, and it's usually mm-hmm. like a quick glance of the library. Yes, but they showed a lot they more did. than what mo- most movies showed. I mean, even though you know the college scene wasn't as long as the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. but what they showed it, it was amazing. Like wow, they're they're showing a lot of footage of CSUN. Yeah, the, the exteriors, of, yeah. the interiors were not well, dorms like that. But the, there's you know, a there's I just remembered another like related to your the college and mm-hmm. interiors and cameos, mm-hmm. uh, the phone booths, <laughs> the, <laughs> the payphones. That that's like that's such a different time. Right, that is. <laughs> I you know I didn't even my mind just sort of like skipped over that but you're absolutely right yeah. it is just like it like is I, weird you wouldn't do that to, nowadays I went to college in 2000 well I went to a small college but we all had like phones in our rooms uh-huh, that uh-huh. all connected to each other yep. so I don't know if that was like common but it's, that was uh, six years later you know mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> it's like I mean this just uh, like uh, uh, what do you call it. Staple of the time, I guess, yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Uh were there any other things you guys liked about son in law? Uh, I just have my classic maker. Same here. Same here. All right, let's hit him up. Uh let's start with Paul. 
Uh, my classic maker is the main man himself, Polly Shore, because whenever he was on screen or whenever he wasn't on screen, it was like when he came back on screen, it was like, okay, let's see what he's going to do next. Would you say, would you say when he wasn't on screen, the movie crawled a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> and antithetically, when he was on screen, it went fast. Er. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Mine is very similar. I thought uh, Crawl's Polly Shore's character, his overall attitude toward the family and just this sort of um, country culture. I really, I really liked that, and I really liked for me. My classic maker was Polly Shore's character Crawl. Um, different from how Paul stated it, but I liked his overall attitude toward this family and culture that really disliked him. But I like that he still overcame that and didn't um, cower from it, except when he was punched. Um, but uh, and just how he is able to adapt to being a farmer, and he's like, I could do that, and he he kind of did it. I mean, I'm sure he couldn't do it. He didn't wasn't doing it as well as people who've done it their whole lives. But it's still cool to see that. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks for that, Paul. No, I mean, I agree. Yeah, sorry. Yes, I agree too. (laughs) I'm sorry. For the listeners, I was nodding my head, so it just sounds like... uh. (laughs) Um, Josh, what is your classic maker for son-in-law? Brendan Fraser cameo. Yes. (laughs) Actually, if if you got rid of the entire movie and just kept that, you know, 10-second scene, I'd be happy, you know, but... um, now that my my real classic maker is actually what Paul said. Uh, I it's Polly Shore's uh, uh, performance. Um, I you know he's charming in the movie. He carries the movie, which is his job as the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for better or worse, that is what he's supposed to do. And yeah, yeah and he he does, in my opinion. Um, and I actually think he's subtly the best written character in the movie too. He's given like. You, you think of like these big improv character moments, you know, Polly Shore doing his Polly Shore thing, mm-hmm. but they actually ground him by giving him some of the strongest moments in the movie, like mm-hmm. those one-on-one conversations, like with the uh, with the daughter and the mother, and like they're, like this like humanity comes out for a brief moment. You're like, oh, I I get him, you know. It's like this this thing that's kind of difficult to pull off, but it, uh, you know, he I he does it well and. Um, you know, in my opinion, it's his it's his strongest role that he's ever done. I think, like my favorite, maybe Encino Man. That's like, if you know, if you're uh, if you you don't know how you feel about Polly Shore, if you don't think he's a good actor or whatever, I think I would either say check out Encino Man or Son in Law. And I would say Son in Law just to say, hey, he can carry a movie pretty well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, just his character and his performance. Um, is the classic maker for me. Cool. And uh, if you don't like Polly Shore, this, I mean, if, if, there, there, some people are just like very annoyed by him and mm. can't stand him more than five minutes. So like, if that's you, then this movie isn't going to change your mind. Well, but, we're, uh, you know, we're on the fence though. <laughs> we're going to mention one of those people here in our Facebook feedback section. Uh, if you'd like to, we all, we tend to uh, say, Hey, what do you remember about these movies we're going to cover on the show? Uh, and we tend to do that most on our Facebook group page, which you can join by going to retrorewindpodcast.com slash group. And uh, so here's the feedback we got for Son-in-Law. 
First off, Christopher Battle says, I remember that I have seen it not. Okay, he's being Yoda here, I think. No, but <laughs> he says, there is the part that I did see, though, in the Retro Rewind podcast Facebook group where people are standing around reenacting the American Gothic painting as publicity for the movie. It looks like a 15 years or older movie by the clothing selections of the people. <laughs> so thank you, Christopher, for that. Um, then uh, Sharon Powers, uh, previous guest host, uh, says, Since Christopher Bell has brought up the clothing selections, when we watched this the other night, I kept commenting on how much I liked the outfits of both the main characters throughout the movie, not the outfits in the above poster, the American Gothic poster in, in like recreation. Uh, it would seem that I really miss the 80s slash 90s. Ha ha ha. Uh, then she also added later, uh, watched it last night and cannot believe I don't recall seeing it before. Anyway, I loved it, laughed a lot, and it warmed my heart. Definitely a nostalgic classic. Wink emoticon. Then, uh, Kevin, Kevin Kiefer says, Steven Tyler PJs. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Kevin. Oh, and thank you, Christopher and Sharon. Uh, then Eric Purcell said, definitely, without a doubt, my favorite Polly Shore movie, sort of alluding to what Josh and Paul were saying, uh, favorite Polly Shore movie of all time. I'm giving it at least a nostalgic. Thank God I'm a country boy. Wink emoticon. <laughs> uh, then finally, Valerie Powers leads us right into our hate section by saying, I really have to say I hate this movie. Ridiculous. And a complete waste of time. I'm sure it's partly that I can't stand the character Polly Shore always plays, but all the characters in this movie annoy me. The writing is horrible. Josh, I don't know what you're talking about, Josh, because I foreknew you said that you liked the writing. Okay, all that I add at the end. <laughs> but she did <laughs> say the writing like, wow. is horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Valerie didn't like this movie so much. Uh, I should have said previous guest host Valerie Powers also uh, but let's find out what we didn't like the current Retro Rewind podcast crew about Son-in-Law and I'll kick us off that little brother the Sandlot kid oh, I just oh, man. did not like him I just squishy puffy cheeks <laughs> okay the, I that... wrote down the little brother too but okay. I'll let you go first and then I'll, I'll add my little on it I, yeah, I just hated his disrespect for his dad and mom that he wouldn't listen to them i had that he wanted to play fishing on his game boy instead of actually going fishing Uh, that i didn't mind i had his just like total objectification of women um let's see what that's typical so i didn't mind that as much that's difficult no that's typical Typical. oh 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 i said it's typical 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 of you rachel green and you're (laughs) sorry (laughs) um Sorry for that friend tangent. Uh, back to uh, those are the main things I didn't like about the little brother, um, and something about oh, his freckles I, bothered me too. But that's very oh, shallow. Come on. <laughs> freckles are cool, but I think it was the that the total disrespect of not only his parents but his uh, sister, and and yeah. unfortunately that's the way the character is written. Mm-hmm. I think he did have some good moments, which were fun. Uh, but it's that disrespectfulness that I wish wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that bothered me more as I guess when I was younger or uh, as I was growing up with the movie, but like now I see it more as 
like a stock character, like the uh, the disrespectful kid kind of. But uh, what kind of like what I don't remember from from when I watched it before was uh, how important that is to the grandfather father relationship and how that transcends yes. through the father son and that whole turnaround at the end and uh, and the redemption kind of side of that which i never really picked up on before but watching it you know as an older person i'm like oh i get that cool so now he he, from that point it's late in the movie but he goes from a kind of a stereotypical character to some kind of arc so yeah he was much more annoying at the beginning of the movie than towards the end yeah, and especially in the that. college area, I think he, yeah. he would have been a stronger character if his arc would have been maybe stretched out more throughout the movie, rather than kind of pushed in towards the end, maybe the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. If it was kind of like they kind of bring him around, but they still want to keep that character of like, oh no, he's funny because he's disrespectful, kind of thing. But I think it would have <laughs> worked better for the movie if he had more redemptive qualities sooner. <laughs> I'm trying- he's funny because he's disrespectful. <sighs> I'm trying to think if you could have that same dynamic you were talking about of that mirror of the the dad and the grandfather relationship, but do it without as much. I mean, I feel like maybe, okay, maybe he's disrespectful to his dad, but does he have to be so to his sister and mom as well? Right. I mean, I feel well, like you yeah. could. I mean, it, it could have been done better. And I yeah. think like it, it comes late too, because that fishing scene comes closer to the last half of the movie, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Sort of speaking of that whole development of, I mean, do you guys feel like it's just a way to connect Crawl to the family more? Is how he, in a way, heals that um, generational father-son relationships? Yes and Definitely. no, but I, I think you're thinking too much into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I've, I feel like he does I, enough. I think... I think I agree because that it's, it's there's definitely a theme there, and that's kind of his purpose of being in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I I I've, I feel like that's though maybe of the ways he endears himself to the audience and us. I feel like that's the the least, um, like you were saying, the least developed. So I guess I wish there's either more development to that, or it was cut out in favor of his development with Rebecca's character and sort of healing the marriage between. Rebecca's mom and dad. Um, anyway, that's just me. But I've been talking way too long. Uh, <laughs> Josh, what's something you didn't like about son-in-law? Um, I'm sure she's really nice in person, but oh, no. Carla Gugino, Gugino, whatever her last name, however you yeah. pronounce it, I didn't, I've never liked her acting. Oh, no. So and you're like, not going to like that. <laughs> this is a major portion of this movie. <laughs> it's just something about it is, I don't know, stilted or wooden or something about it. Maybe it's just a, I, I, I wish I had a better explanation, but, you know, it's like somebody's like, I just don't like Polly Shore. It's like, you know, I, I respect that if you just don't like it. You know, it's something about her acting. I just doesn't, and, and rewatching is like, I don't recognize her from anything. I guess she never went on to do anything else. She and, did do a lot of yeah, things. She, she, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's the main woman in Watchmen, you know? And I'm like... like, Well, she's the older woman. She's the mom. Oh, she's, she's the mom. Okay. I thought she was... Oh, I didn't like Silk Spectre, so... <laughs> uh, but for the same reasons, it's just this very kind of this stilted acting, but she was better as the mother. The mother was okay, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, the roles, like she had a small part in Sin City, 
Mm-hmm. And there were just a couple, like some of her scenes, like her acting was like, uh, so See, I enjoyed her in this and I've, I found it really surprising that she hadn't done a lot after up until recently with the 300 and the Watchmen and the, uh, she was in 300. She not, not 300. Sorry. That's Watchmen. Um, Sin, Sin City oh, and Watchmen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that just her acting. I wish maybe I, a lot of people feel like you. Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, her. I think if there were a different actress, I think it would be like a starring vehicle for somebody else. There'd be oh, that Polly Shore and somebody else. Do movie. you think her and Kelly Kapowski should have switched places? That would have been fantastic. That would have been <laughs> because she's obviously the better actress in the movie. Those two performances, she has a very small role, yeah. but. I, she I pulls off that. a better performance. Um, according to IMDb, Ashley Judd was someone who auditioned for the role. Oh, of I think she would be too old at that time, but maybe back not. then. I don't think so. Back then, maybe not back 93? then. Ninety-three. But I think I there are a lot of talented actresses who probably could have done a better job. Like Shirley Temple. Oh, like Shirley Temple. <laughs> she might. She might have been too old by the time. <laughs> well, what about the the girlfriend from um, Encino Man? Just to carry that along. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. Um, wow. Okay, Paul, what's something you didn't like about Son-in-Law? The opening music I thought was eh. And I thought the, I the thought score. The music I mean, was like just serviceable. Yeah. yeah. I did like like they had the rock version of Hey Good Looking, uh, you know, where it's like a mixture of the blend of the two different uh, types between country and, and rock. But I thought most of it was just, in, and I don't mean the, um, like country, you know, the John Thank Denver God, country goal. right? Or I'm talking mainly the the score. I okay. just thought yeah. it was lacking. Yeah. Uh, what did you? How did you feel about this score, Josh? Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's just forgettable, or it's serviceable is a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's disserviceable, especially okay. in the beginning. <laughs> um. Well, something else I didn't like, going back to Rebecca a bit, though, or uh, I forget, what what is your name? Rebecca? No, no. Carla Gugino? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Rebecca. Rebecca so I didn't Warner. mind her acting so much, but, and this is, goes to the disrespect similar to the brother, I really didn't like when she's saying she's an adult to her parents and then immediately storms off like a kid. Well, she stomped and stormed yeah. off. Yeah, that's intentional. Yeah, that's supposed to be funny. No, it's not funny. And I then don't know she's, if it's intentional. Uh, wink but, to the audience. And but she, when Sharon and I laughed at it, though, that's for sure. Well, yeah, it's, but it's so whether it's intentional, I'm not sure. Okay, oh, it, of course, it bothered me. Um, Come on now, and Come along on. with her just nonchalantly calling her mom and dad by their first name. I don't know something about that really like really irked me. And I'm not. I'm surprised. I'm surprised at myself well, why that is. Maybe being a dad but but you haven't seen that in other movies and shows that's a common thing Maybe but that's also i mean I the, the, the parents the parents re, I, I figured that was you would you know side with the parents like you know they they make that a point they're like this is not right this is not acceptable yeah and yeah. I, I do side with the parents i i have seen that in other things i don't recall any but I think so, it's being used as a, you know, crawl is a bad influence kind of thing. So. No, it's not just crawl, but it's her independence. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's it's probably more of a factor of her finding or discovering herself, quote unquote, um, and trying, yeah, trying to be more independent. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, I'm curious if there's anything about Crawl that you guys didn't like. <laughs> oh, okay. Paul, saving that for later. How about you, Josh? Um, I'll probably write off of what Paul will say. I don't have anything written down, but I'm sure I'll think of something. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, I didn't like that there are no real consequences for Crawl's. He, he calls it his mischief. Um, like when he's getting the tractor, he's like mischief or something like that. <laughs> and so I hate like there's no tractor damage. There's no like all those there's like crops. Re- repairing the fence. Repairing maybe. the fence. He, I know he says he'll IOU, but I mean, but like all the corn that just gets destroyed because he wants to signature his name in the crops. Um, let's see what else. Uh, him sort of taking over at the square dance thing and then getting the the other person to do the mosh pit and oh yeah the guy's just okay he face plants on probably a hard surface and he's just fine i, I just i okay. didn't like that you're touching what? on a major thing here at least for me okay because up at, this is about the halfway point i maybe about the movie where he spells out crawl in the cornfield yeah yeah it's up to here that I agree with my brother that it's a good, for a relatively point, good script. And at this point, it goes majorly <laughs> off the rails. In a major, and it keeps getting worse. Oh, okay? no. Okay. So, yes. Okay. You're going to be stupid and spell. He, this guy doesn't know where he's going. You expect us to believe that he's spelling I out know. crawl. I thought okay? that was a little ridiculous. Yeah. That is so way outside the box. Even Pee Wee Herman would. <laughs> be going really okay but i know it's supposed to be funny but it's it so takes you out of the movie and Mm -hmm. then he's like it goes beyond his character of like look if he he didn't know he was starting it and then all of a sudden he doesn't care he's just gonna go and plow through the corn and like nothing ever like you know that's major damage that that people you're right it's more than just the fence he has to pay back for it's in the movie that where it just it this was where it goes from delightful to are you kidding me oh, okay. and for me and 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 we will go and from there like you said i know i can i have like 10 different things from oh, wow. from that point on <laughs> where it's just like someone did the exact opposite of what should be done yeah in the writing of this of this movie but hey paul let's make you yeah. chuckle <laughs> no, it does, but it doesn't make sense. Exactly. It, it jumped the shark for you. Yes. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yes. Um, Thank right. you, Josh. Well, before you give us your uh, list there, Paul, was there something else you didn't like, Josh? Uh, this is a small gripe, but uh, the little brother's computer scene, the <laughs> fake forced computer lingo is yeah. so... I was rolling my eyes, and what makes it worse is like there's a uh, there's a show on USA called Mr. Robot. Okay. Uh, yes. Where you, you know about that's okay. Cool. They do it, it's the pl- they do these major complicated plot points about like you know this this guy who's uh, you know used his computers and um, and that he actually the whole show uses real computer terms. Oh, cool. Uh, like accurate, you know, accurately, like running a terminal or how a DDoS attack actually happens and is pre- prevented, and changing the DNS and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real, and it's actually very integral to the story. Oh, cool! And this is like, this is 
so right on. I mean, the, the first scene talks about like v- VPNs and uh-huh. all, and you know, gigabit kind of Wi-Fi and stuff. And it's like, yes, you know, this is how it's done. Why can't anybody else do this? You know, and then son-in-law, it's like just making up everything. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows you have to link your arc spanners to your turbo lifters. And I mean, really. To your subroot. like well come on like it's just like some brand x computer kind of yeah that always irks me now i mean you know it just took me out of the movie and like i said it's just with mr robot it's just like there's perfection this is the opposite of perfection (laughs) though though i gotta say sometimes i'm i'm equally irked when they it's obvious product placement like it's a real computer and it's like we use a windows machine or we use a mac machine it's like only okay. 9.99 at your local <laughs> <Right? retailer. laughs> so i guess it's that's a hard balancing act and yeah to not have I, it I, but when they start actually talking about oh he's a real hacker it's like he has no idea what he's talking about yeah. but anybody who's watching this movie doesn't care you know <laughs> yeah that's the other point <laughs> Google was was like 10 years away at that point. I think only three years away, or or if that. Google's popularity was about 10 years away. Uh, Let's go back. Um, I just have one more thing before my Tragic Maker, and that is that I didn't find this movie to be all that funny. I I think I laughed (laughs) maybe once. It's hard for me to remember. I, busted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it just wasn't that funny. And I, I don't know if that's the writing or me just not caring for Polly Shore's stick shtick all that much, but it just wasn't that funny to me. You, you know, know uh, as, as uh, it's funny is that I, watching the movie, I was surprised that I was enjoying it, but I really wasn't laughing very much. Oh, okay. Not out loud, anyway. Uh-huh. So right. I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, it was certainly I wasn't didn't like notice a bad that movie, I wasn't like, laughing watching this. Yeah. But yeah. I was just thinking, it's like I like. There's no like, oh my gosh, this part is hilarious. There's no That's real true. point where mm-hmm. I like, oh my gosh, I love this scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Good like point. The, the, the combine scene probably comes the closest. Like I still the love Columbine scene. The combine scene. Paul. Is that the tractor where he's yeah, mowing called, down the corn? Yeah, the two hundred fifty thousand dollar machine that they're like <laughs> that they oh, reference well. by name as a combine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that scene. You know, that's a it's a it's a big moment. That's a fun, but that's as close as it gets. Outside of you know Brendan Fraser, like oh my gosh, I love that part. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's mm-hmm. not it. All right, well, Paul, give us uh, a bit some of your list. If right. you, ha, do here, you really have like here's 10 the things? things that that yeah yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. go I'll try to do it rapid fire. <laughs> all right, if it all right. So okay, so it begins with I don't know if it begins with the computer scene that Josh is talking yeah. about or the cornfield. <laughs> okay. Anyway, from there it just goes okay. When Crawl is noticing the mom in the bathroom, that's just awkward and creepy. They could have done it out when she's done in the bathroom and like she's kind of like walking down the hall and he kind of mistakes her for it. Okay. But the fact that it's done in the in the bathroom and all she has is a towel is just yeah. too Okay. Um all right, so there's that. Then the square dance. Yes, him it's a fun concept for Polly's sure to to call be the caller at the square dance, but it comes across as way too silly and dumb 
it, in my opinion, when mm-hmm. they let him take over. And then try to stop him, and he was like, "No, they love it." I mean, that's that's realistic. I know it's not realistic for him to be like to that, and they would understand what "buff the wood" means. Okay, you know what I mean? It's just that, that was a stretch. I'll I'll grant you that. <laughs> okay, and then this is where it. Paulie Shore is way too harsh. Where maybe Matt was right about him all along. Where <laughs> Matt. Where uh, it's from Encino, man. Oh, 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 okay, got it. When he's up in Rebecca's room and he and he says, "I I don't want to be your friend anymore," and that is just way too harsh for that character who is always like, "Hey, let's try to work things out." It it just it doesn't match the rest of his character throughout the movie. But doesn't that just make it more impactful? No, because it makes it more unbe- it makes it more unbelievable. Oh yeah, we're on your I would, unbelievable. I would argue so. it's staying within the genre of romantic comedy. It it may be, but not but it's not staying within his character. Right, and I'll grant you that too. <laughs> okay, and then the whole thing of then they argue about being honest and being honest and what that's what their argument is like. Oh, we need to be honest, and then at the end they don't be honest. They're not so that it's all for naught. How are they not being honest? Because he's, she says, okay, look, at the end, I have something to tell you. And he, and Pauly Shore interrupts her by saying that we haven't figured out the date. And they don't tell her that they were never engaged to begin with. They were having a whole argument that, that they, they should tell him that they were not engaged, that it was all a, a ruse to get the guy off his, uh, her back. I, I assumed, this is probably, again, this is me, <laughs> uh, I assumed that they were just going to slowly kind of reveal things at a timely manner about how that happened. But that is a big plot point. You don't want to leave out of your movie. So, yeah, I, I doubt it the way they're, they just skipped over. It's just yeah. easier not okay. to. Okay. I get that. All right. The whole the grandpa, the dad and the dad trying to speak like Polly Shore is good in theory, but it's not no, it doesn't work. <laughs> right. Okay, and then all these people, it's Thanksgiving Day, and they have the 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 fat worker, they have the ex boyfriend, they have the the town slut. They all they're all invited for Thanksgiving dinner, which is takes place right at breakfast time. If you notice that they woke up in the barn, and then they're all having breakfast. Or, or Thanksgiving dinner. Don't they all have families to go to? They have other places that they could be spending their Thanksgiving I think you, with. You just answered your own question. They're having breakfast Thanksgiving, but they're not. They're they're, they're and then they go later to, to their own family. Maybe, but it's like in the movie. If you if you actually stop to think, you think they're having dinner, but it's like no. She just woke up. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen just woke up, found the pills in her car, and came back. So it's still in the morning, but they're having turkey and everything. Yeah, and they're going to have dinner with their family later. <laughs> Maybe, but it doesn't come across that way. No, so, it does not come across that way. <laughs> these are all... That's why I said... I, you're right, Josh. It jumped the, I, I was enjoying this movie up until this... Uh, right around the middle where it just seemed like every five minutes there was another point where I was like, Really? Really? And it kept going. It's hard to get another really, really after five reallys. So <laughs> uh, that's right. my spiel. All right, Paul. Well, that was quite the list. Um, 
Thanks for all that. Which is what makes my this my tragic maker uh, the the script. Unfortunately, uh, I'll just go ahead right. and reveal it. Very just fair. because, yeah. And you actually, um, well, I'll, I'll let, actually I'll let Josh can, have the floor. Oh uh, no, it, it, but it, can it, I finish it off real quick? Because I had course. one thing that yes. wasn't the script that I didn't like, yes. and I said my favorite thing about this movie was Polly Shore. But also one of the things that I didn't like about this movie was Polly Shore. Interesting, and it's because. It's a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) A little too much. Yeah. I mean, there's good and then there's a little too much. So anyway. Um, You know, that's the perfect segue into mine. Sorry, Josh. I'd like to end this or let you go. But yeah, my my tragic maker is just I hate how by the end, pretty much everyone was imitating Polly Shore slash Crawl. It was like the mom was doing it, Rebecca was doing it, um, the dad was doing it, the grandfather was doing it. That was ridiculous to me. Speaking of ridiculous moments, that the grandfather is being all Polly Shore-esque. It was just too much. Yeah. Um, and so I, just that the whole family is doing that just felt really contrived to me. So that's my tragic maker. Josh, what's yours? It's actually not too different from what Paul was saying either. Uh, as far like, I I think it's it's too broad of a comedy. Polly Shore, like you're saying, Paul's like Polly uh, Shore is a bit too much. I mean, he's he's good, uh, but you know, I I think about like Groundhog Day is a as technically a broad Bill Murray comedy, you know, mm. but there's a really solid good movie inside to that. You know what, what I mean? What was that? Groundhog Day? What was that? Oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, I think I would like I would love to see this script, you know, or the same script with a different actor, with a different like comedic talent, and oh. just kind of see it done in a different way. And I bet you it would be even better because this goes as it gets as good as Polly Shore can get. Yeah. If you put a much more talented actor, you put Bill Murray in there, you put you know, Steve Martin or some some comedic genius in there, you're going to see a very good movie play out, I think. So Interesting. Um, that, I would yeah. like to see that. I'm not saying that it would be, but that's a good theory. I'd yeah. like to see and, that. And I think the, the script, like you were saying, it like, like it, it gets too broad sometimes, but I think Footloose, if I could use that as an example, sure. where it takes these very stereotypical characters, mm-hmm. but actually adds a lot of nice dimension. The plot comes about very much more naturally. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a good example of that kind of genre where you have this broad comedy, but you don't have to reduce your characters to, to be so broad. You can make them likable. You can make them real. And they can be good, and you can get a great movie out of that. Hmm. So the fact that it isn't a great movie is my tragic maker. <laughs> <laughs> it has all the makings but, of it, but it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the execution. Yeah, I think yeah, because I think Groundhog Day is one of those movies that um, that escaped being a broad comedy vehicle. Uh, like because when it first came out, everyone just thought of it as oh that funny Bill Murray movie, but after you know rewatching it, uh, even Roger Ebert went back and re-reviewed it. I was like, wait a minute, this is a four-star movie. We all thought of this as a uh, you know just as a broad Bill Murray movie, but there's actually a good movie here. 
So I think son-in-law just escaped like with more talent. It could have been another groundhog day. Interesting theory. <clears throat> but we're done with theorizing. It's time that we get to our firing solution. Now that we've entered all, all our targeting information else, we bring that up, please. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. All right, how do we rate Son-in-Law? I forgot what movie this was for a second. Uh, <laughs> do we rate a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and watch this, whether you've seen it before or not. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend you rewatch this. Or a tragic, we'd recommend no one watch this, whether or not you've seen it before. <laughs> Let's begin with our guest host, Josh. How do you rate Son-in-Law? Uh, I would say a classic nostalgic. Can I do Sorry, that? No, you cannot. You okay, then I'll say nostalgic. <laughs> it's really good for nostalgic, though. All right, that's right. Like I, it, I don't want it to be a you know a negative thing. It's a positive nostalgic thing. Okay, very nice, cool. Uh, Paul, how do you rate this movie? I would also rate it nostalgic. If you haven't seen this, you can go ahead and pass it. But if you have seen it... In a it, negative way. <laughs> <laughs> no, just if you have seen it, you might enjoy it. You might not. You, you might discover things that you didn't like. But if you have seen it and you liked it before, I think you'll enjoy a good watch, a watching of it again. That's uh, a good way of putting that. If you liked it before, you'll probably like it still. Yeah. All right. And for me... Mm, uh, you know what? I'm <laughs> even it's more, tough, isn't the, it? I'm even more on the negative for nostalgia, Ouch. but I'll go with nostalgic as well. It's especially if you like Polly Shore, which I, mm. I'm, I, I'm sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. Um, but if you like Polly Shore, this is a definitely a good one. Otherwise, uh, yeah, probably certainly if you haven't seen this, it's not worth your time. So, you know what? I I would rather actually watch Encino Man again over this. And I think it's because Pauly Shore isn't the lead, but he's a very close second. So it's not too much. Yeah, I'm with Paul on that. Like, if you watch Encino Man and you're like, and you really like, hey, I really like that movie, but you want to follow it up, I think like Son-in-Law is kind of a good sequel in that sense. Oh, sure. But well, it, it is for it, the lead a, trilogy. Yeah, it's a, it's a good spinoff. If you're watching Cino Man, you want a sequel. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's fair. I I still I didn't like Encino Man, so it yeah it oh. doesn't really do it for me. But um oh. yeah, I mean I think every once in a while, again, if you especially like Polly Shore, this is worth a watch. So the Retro Rewind what's, podcast what's your... rates Son-in-Law a unanimous nostalgic movie. What were you gonna ask, Paul? What's your favorite Polly Shore movie? Goofy movie. Goofy movie. I seem to remember. <laughs> I seem to remember liking in the army now. In the army now, but I, I don't Bio know. Biodome. I've never seen Biodome. No, so I haven't either. Sure. Actually, I, I saw it on cable once, and I stopped halfway through. I saw it in theaters. Oh no! You know, I, I got. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw like every. I saw Jury Duty in theaters, and oh, really, no. if you want to know, that my carrot opinion, top. What a Jury? No, oh, that's Duty? chairman of the board. Sorry. Yeah. No, I've I've seen. Every Polly Shore movie from and from uh, Son and well, no, I, I I think I saw Son and Long Theaters up until Biodome, and it it is a, what you would call diminishing returns. Yeah, it keeps like getting it, worse. It's a clear example. <laughs> hey, Francisco. Of quality. Since you like in the army now, is in the army now on the list? 
I don't think so. I could go. I could go add that though. We 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 need to finish up the Link trilogy. If you want to know when the, the point where you should stop watching polymorph shore movies, it's, it's now. Now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice it, it's pretty much after after in the army. Now you just like it's just nobody likes those movies. I don't think maybe there's a couple of you out there. In the army now is being added to the list as we speak. And while I do that, Alice, will you please bring up our new tube section? All right, guys, what's new on our tube? New movies, new books, new armies, what have you. Armies. (laughs) It's on my mind. Uh, Let's talk about what's new on our tube. Josh, let's start with you. Uh, the American, the, the TV show, American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Okay. Uh, I heard about it, you know, and I was like, oh, oh my um, gosh. That's You'll never believe who I saw recently at the Top Gun movie theater that I was, that I went to. Top Gun movie theater? Yeah, I went and saw Top Gun in the movie theater, uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes, he was there. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway. um, I, I saw. I was like, "Oh, that that'll probably that might be interesting." And then it 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 st- it came on, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I need to watch that sometime." And then I started hearing all these like really great reviews about it. I'm like, oh, they have like really good reviews. So I started. It's like ten episodes long, and I was watching it. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is really good." Like you know. Oh wow. You know the like like how like I know how it ends. I know all the big moments. You know, like the the white bronco, the um, you know the glove. If you uh, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. That like all these big moments. But what's amazing is like the show knows you know those big moments. Hmm. So the episodes lead up, and they they say like you know they have the the prosecutor. The beginning of the 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 glove episode is like we can't have him try on the glove, you know, and you have the, and then they, they switch to the, uh, the process or the defense team. And they're like, we have to get him to try on the glove. And how do we do that? And you, you see all these manipulation, all these techniques and how Johnny Cochran is like using these really big, broad, dirty lawyer tactics kind of stuff. And then how Marsha Clark was like, this is DNA slam dunk evidence and stuff. And forgetting that, Oh my gosh, we didn't know what DNA was back then. You have like these scenes where like, what is DNA? Well, it's kind of like fingerprints. Like, wow. Like we really, that was like just brand new stuff. So it was all, it's all really fascinating. Uh, Robert Kachian, who is, you know, the father of Kardashians, which I didn't know. He was like the best friend of OJ and was a lawyer. They got his, he got his, um, degree back or whatever you call it and like became a lawyer even though he's like in real estate or something but he he was part of the trial team and his story arc was like really fascinating anyway amazing performances like if you you are, I recommend it to anyone who knows like remembers anything any a little bit of the whole OJ thing uh, to go, to watch it like one whole episode is just the whole white Bronco scene it's 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 great stuff very cool. Well, thank you, Josh. I hope I didn't. Uh, I hope that was interesting and not spoilers. <laughs> I hope that was interesting and not um... drink your OJ. Uh, 
remember the the guy who drove him was like this poor man's OJ named AC played by Malcolm Jamal Warner. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's great stuff. Well, what else is great, Paul? It's on YouTube. I'm so glad you asked. Um, So for any of you Nintendo fans out there, uh, if you have a 3DS or a Wii or Wii U, uh, they basically have you create your own what they call me characters, right? Francisco, you have a, a Wii? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you create your own a me. me. They yeah. call it a me, M-I-I. Mm-hmm. Well, and they live in the me-verse. Yes. Well, they've now created uh, basically Mimoto? the me-verse. Yeah, Mitomo. So Mitomo, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's basically that me-verse on the phone for your or tablet for Google or uh, what's that other one? Oh, Apple. Yeah, how can I forget? <laughs> iOS. But basically, <laughs> you can uh, export or import your me character if you have it linked. And if you become friends, you can link all your friends on Facebook and Twitter. So uh, I encourage you to get the app. We can come become friends that way. Our me characters can if we never became friends before. And it's it's not as interactive as, like, I know the 3DS, I didn't have a Wii, but on 3DS there's a lot of cool little games and interactions you can have. It's not as cool, at least not yet, on the, the phone app, but you can ask, they ask really intriguing questions. You can see how your, all your other friends, um, how they answer and stuff. So I encourage you, if you're a Nintendo fan, and uh, to join the Mitomo and become friends. Through Facebook or Twitter, we got to become friends on there first. <laughs> well, very cool. Oh, so you can't be friends in the Mitomo universe if you aren't already friends in Twitter and Facebook. Correct. Okay, got and it. even if you are friends already, like in on the Wii U or 3DS, it's a different batch of friends. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I wish maybe one day they'll all be linked. <clears throat> but anyway, so yeah. Francisco, what's new on your tube? Whoa! Oh my gosh! First one of those. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. First in memory for me anyway. Uh, So what's a first ever? That's interesting. Does that know what's new on your two? This first ever? You you hit a high point and you bring it right back down. I see. Hey, you answered the question, not me. I'm just trying to be. I was commenting on the question, Paul. (laughs) Anyway, what is new on my tube is... A uh, YouTube channel called ZNA Productions. ZNA stands for Z Not Alpha, and it's this guy. His name's Eli. I can't pronounce his last name. Or I'm sure I could if I tried, or I had it in front of me. But anyway, he is like a DIY DIY guy who does a lot of uh, like homemade weapons. And oh, I just great. I found his channel like he had like a recommended thing for make a, a bow and arrow or a bow out of fifteen dollars. I'm like, well, how does this work? Oh, $15 bills? <laughs> because I'm like, oh, because I think that'd be cool to make a, a bow. My brother-in-law has made a bow out of wood, and um, I, I feel like I would have, don't know where to start for that. But he, but um, bamboo. this guy makes it out of PVC pipe and um, and driveway markers. I'm like, what? And so I watch him, and it's really well done videos, and I've since just subscribed to his channel because he has all these different things that I would never want, probably never want to make, but he's a 
I really enjoy him as uh, a person, and he does some other things too. And so I, I just have been really liking watching his videos on. What sounds? Like, I was about to say it sounds like the MacGyver of China invades. Yes, I mean he, he he does more his spin, or he does a lot more. Like his asides are more like if the zombie apocalypse happens, or that mm. that more than if we're taken over by communists. Which if, I'm sure if he is doing this in the 80s, that'd be the bent. But no, no. then it would be Russia's. <laughs> but yeah, understood. Yes, same kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think it's like a serious thing like oh he's like a survivalist getting ready for the zombie apocalypse but that's sort of the fun of it mm, um I see. that's cool yeah uh so check out that um all right so what's new on our tube again is america crime story people versus oj simpson uh the mitomo universe from nintendo and zna productions uh, check those out and you can always find links to those things in the show notes at retrorewindpodcast.com slash 87. Oh, and my Mitomo character, my me character right now is dressed up as Pee Wee Herman with the red bow tie and the... <laughs> so stop on by, become friends and uh, stop on by and say hi. How, how do they know they're not <laughs> becoming friends with... Uh... Pee Wee Herman? Because it says, yeah. this is Paul Powers. Oh, That's my character name, well, Paul fine. Powers. So now you expect me to read, I see. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, let's move on to our any announcements and feedback we have. Alice, you please bring those up. Okay. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. All right, we don't have any feedback this time, uh, but we do have an announcement. Just the normal that you've heard a million times before, but go ahead and I say it again. I have some feedback. Can oh. I have? Can I contribute some feedback? Oh, sure. I, I listened to the the A Few Good Men podcast, and uh, and I had some notes I wrote down, and then I forgot them all, and I didn't write them down. I that sounds right in my head. Oh, but oh. I, I did remember one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the guest host. Um, was it? Was it your um, brother, Francisco? No, it wasn't Gatek. He, was... he keeps being uh, jaded that he wasn't on that. But <laughs> yeah, I'll find I know it wasn't Gatek. <laughs> I think it was, I said that. <laughs> I want to say it was Nate. Oh, oh, I see. Nate, Nate Henderson, yeah, yes. He yeah. seemed like a cool guy. Uh, I'm sure he would <laughs> get along at all. But he... he <laughs> oh, here it comes. Like he, the, 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 the part where he said, um, like, the, the, the opening scene of A Few Good Men where they're, they're doing the, the drill... In the beginning, yeah. it's like that's what audiences were thrilled back in '92. Like Jurassic Park didn't even come out till the next year. I was like, "Yeah, Terminator 2 came out the year before." Boom. Yes, he said it as a joke. I <laughs> I know, but it's just like, come on, that really it's a joke. Me. And then I forgot. Nate's everything. a great Nate. You're a great yeah. guy. I look forward to the next episode with yeah. you. Yeah, don't that's don't what, listen to this hack, Josh. Nate. I said he's. He, He's probably a great guy, and he's had a lot of great things to say too. It's just that particular thing. I just remember the thing that didn't work for me. And uh, and there's a lot of things about Kevin Pollack. It was like, come on, I I really liked him, and I and Paul didn't. Uh, yeah, so eat oh, it. The, I, there was so much I wanted. To, like I saw the the play. Oh uh, really? You've seen the play? Yeah, That's cool. I've seen the play. Was it boring? 
no, it was, it was just it was disappointing because there was like Jack Nicholson was so much better. It's like oh yeah, yeah. Right, you know. But like that's why um, he got paid the big bucks. Yeah, Everyone the, else got half a Snickers bar. The Jack Nicholson exactly. The Jack Nicholson character was like a, a lot more anti-Semitic, which made Kevin Pollock's Jewish character a lot more like integral to the plot. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was just like all these like little things here and there. Uh, and also the part where he, where Tom Cruise grabs the bat, you know, and it's like, oh, he does think better. And that was the whole thing where he, he was asking Jack Nicholson, Colonel Jessup about, um, you know, is, is, uh, is that why he was brought in to discuss phone records and stuff? The whole, that whole thing like is kind of like alluded to when earlier in the movie where they're looking at, um, what's his name, uh, the kid who died, his like stuff there. William T. Santiago. Santiago, yeah. So that it's it's brought up a few times. Whereas in the the original play, it was just kind of out of nowhere. There was this like, oh, and by the way, he would never packed up and all that. Can you answer that kind of thing? So that was one of the things that they changed, or I think they changed the play because the movie did that so well, is leading that up. Where it's kind of a left turn in the original play. I thought I would contribute to that. Cool. Thank you, Josh. Um, and Nate, we still love you. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I look, I look forward to hearing more from Nate. He's a good guest. He was also in our Pee Wee Herman episode. Speaking of Mitomo Pee Wee Herman's, <laughs> um, but uh, cool. So I want to say, uh, um, go to retrorewindpodcast.com/slash/castyourvote to let us know what movies you want us to cover and which ones you don't. And I just added in the army now, so you can vote that up if you'd like us to make four Pauly Shore movies that the Retro Rewind podcast <laughs> has covered. Let's uh, finish the Link trilogy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you would like to uh, leave us feedback on this episode or any other, again, the best places to do that are on the comments section uh, or of the sh- are on the comment section of our show notes page. Again, RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 87 for this one. Or in our Facebook group, which you can join by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash group. Now, before we get to Nav Point Omega, Paul, take it away. Next time, we will be going back to the year 1999 to figure out there's what about Bob? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's come to it. I'm sailing. <laughs> Thanks to you guys for upvoting. What about that Bob? That came out in 99? 1991. Oh, that makes more sense. I heard 99. Sense. Sorry. 1999 minus 8. Is <laughs> 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 but until then, you can find us on junkies.com. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher and the web. And support us through Patreon and PayPal. And follow us on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere that you see us. But if you want to find me specifically, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have my, all my social links. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for being an awesome friend, awesome co-host, awesome human being, awesome farmhand, awesome alien. Wait. Oh, whoops. I wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Though, doesn't for the now. human being contradict the alienness? Oh, well, well <laughs> we're all alien in our own way. Good Some point. Some of us lack human qualities. Uh, <laughs> What does that even mean? Um, <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> um, and I also want to thank Josh for 
coming on once again. Always fun having you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy being on. Awesome. Um, <laughs> and where can our listeners find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, yeah, I'd like to promote. Uh, I, so I do these caller. <laughs> I take the. Uh, so I work. Part of my job is talking to. It's, it's basically customer service. And so I like to write down on Facebook the funny things that customers say, the insane, stupid, mind-blowingly stupid things that customers will say. And uh, you can find a collection of that at facebook.com slash caller stories. Yeah, I hate when they say nationwide and they mean nationwide, not that, the company. Yeah, the, <laughs> the most recent one, that was me. That was, I said the stupid thing. But... <laughs> You can read more about that on Facebook. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. And if you want to find me, Francisco, on Twitter, I'm at FXRUIZX. And I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. Check out my portfolio at FXRDesign.com. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting, and sharing our podcast. It's so great to have you be one of our listeners. Uh, But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. So, for instance, Retro Rewind mission complete. uh, I really like this movie as as much. Like, it's nostalgic according to your rating. So, it really tweaks my melon to see a buff bro like crawl here, get wheezed on by a greasy scumbag like you. So just chill. Well, that's the line. Oh, you're all right. You're not a greasy scumbag, but, you know, that's the line from the movie. But I, I appreciate that, Paul. Yeah. Of course, you're saying that over Alice. Well, you know, we sometimes talk over Alice anyway. Like, you know. That's true. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling the love from you, Paul. I'm feeling it. Can you get Gladys to say, buddy?